from footballscoop.com, Zach Barnett. Zach, good morning, man. We appreciate your time today. Uh, good morning. Thank you for having me. Hey, let's let's start with um, former Baylor coach Art Bryles. It, just how close is this deal to getting done where Art Bryles could be on the Grambling staff? Um, you know, all the indications I've gotten is that it's uh, anticipated to happen, that, that uh, Grambling expects it to happen. I was told um, I was told that Wednesday was the target date to have an announcement. Um, but obviously nothing is, is done till it's done. And, um, certainly, uh, within the HBCUs, you know, we, we found that that's to be the case. They're, they're kind of, a uh, an entity to their own in, in terms of hiring. So, uh, I mean, it, it's not done till it's done, but at the same time, you know, I, I haven't heard any, any, any indications that it won't happen. Do you feel like that this is a, a move that Hugh Freeze can pull off and that Art Bryles, this may be the first step for him? No, oh, man, I don't know. I mean, um, I you know, I got people uh, in my mentions, you know, calling for, for Hugh, Hugh Jackson to be fired just, just for doing this move. So, um, I mean, I have to imagine – that uh, Hugh wouldn't it wouldn't have gone this far if Hugh had had some sort of assurances that he could make the tire. I mean, as I say in the article, uh, everyone else uh, in the Bryles camp is, is working and has been working. You know, uh, the offensive coordinator at Arkansas is his son. The offensive coordinator at Oklahoma is his uh, son-in-law, Randy Clements. Phil Bennett are at North Texas. Uh, Kaz Kazadi is at TCU. So I mean, those guys have continued to work, but but Art has remained persona non grata. So uh, I mean, w- with this type of move, you know, this is the type of move you you hear from the dean of this school and that school, and, and people who normally don't chime in on offensive coordinator hires, uh, they they suddenly find their voice. So yeah, you know, for that reason, I, I wouldn't um, count your chickens until you see the press release. But, but uh, again, as of yesterday, it was uh, full steam ahead. Zach, I'm really, I really like what the HBCUs are doing. This is something that has been long overdue, bringing the guys in and, and putting these, these programs on a platform. Is this something that's here to stay? Like, I mean, the fact that we're talking about Art Bryles, you, Jackson, you see what Dion's doing and, and many more. Is this a, just like a trend? Is this here to stay? What do you think about that? I think it's, I mean, I think it's here to stay. Um, yeah, I, certainly Dion and the success that he had was was the the trendsetter. But uh, you know, as, as a white person, I don't want to seem make it seem like I'm speaking for the black community because I'm not in position to do that at all. But I mean, we all know there there's so many um, talented you know uh, former black players, black coaches that you know it, it, that don't have the opportunities to, or that they probably should to coach. And, and there's so many, it's such a great launching point for prominent former players, you know, a great spot for up and coming black coaches to coach and, and uh, show what they can do. And at the same time, you know, there's such a legacy of success, you know, going within the SWAC and the HBCUs going back to, to segregation and all that, that I think you've seen them kind of, uh, you know, a collective realization among the black coaching or black football community that, you know, there's something here that we need to cherish and embrace and, and uh, put our resources into. And uh, I think it's been really good for, for all of football. How has, or has the NIL situation benefited those programs? 
Well, you see, uh, I mean, Grambling had an announcement that all of their uh, that all of their student athletes are going to get NIL money. You know, I, I, there there was no uh, dollar figure attached to that announcement. But this is something that you know, when it, when the, the fear mongering before it came into effect, the, the, the fear mongering of oh well, it's only going to affect you know Alabama and Ohio State. It, it's just going to help them. You know, I, I called BS on that from the beginning because. Just because they they may make the most doesn't mean they're the only ones who stand to benefit. I mean, you know, just it, it's a series of, of micro economies within each community, and there's there's value in being a, a Grambling State Tiger within Grambling, Louisiana. There's value in being you know Northwestern State Demon within that community, a, a Baylor Bear within within Waco and Central Texas. That you know each of those kids can go out there and benefit from that, and I'm I'm glad to see it happening. Luke Fickle gets another or gets an extension on his contract. Is this a move for Cincinnati, who's coming into the Big Twelve, to try to lock him up long term? Yeah, I mean uh, his his current deal, at least among uh, public school Big Twelve coaches, he'd be the third highest paid, uh, behind only Brent Venables and, and Steve Sarkeesian at, at OU in Texas. So, um, I mean, he he's made it clear that he wants. Uh, to up his, his assistant salary pool so that they, they don't lose coaches to bigger jobs because uh, that's an important part of their infrastructure as they, as they look to move up a level. And, um, I mean, I, I see no reason why Cincinnati won't instantly be competitive from, from day one uh, in the Big 12, especially now that they've held on to Luke Fickle. I, for me, I think Fickle would have gotten a, a, a raise contract extension regardless just because of the, the season that they were able to put together. But do you think that he regard, if he would have gotten one, do you think it would have been enough to keep him if Cincinnati remained a group of five instead of heading to the Big 12? You know, that's a good question. I, I, I think it depends on the job, really. Uh, if Ohio State were to open, you know, that's his own honor. He's, he's uh, on top of being a Buckeye. He's from Columbus, like – Cincinnati opens, he's probably gone. Uh, Penn State opens, you know, he'd probably have to listen. If uh, if Michigan, Michigan State opens, you know, Michigan's a wild card given his Ohio State ties. But those types of jobs, Notre Dame, another one, uh, he would he would certainly have to listen. Whether no matter where what conference Cincinnati's in, but I think this gives uh, Cincinnati some insurance if Purdue opens or Indiana or even a, a Wisconsin or a job like that. I think this makes Cincinnati a lot more competitive with those uh, middle-tier Power Five programs. What 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 is your thought? Uh, and we, we've talked a little bit about NIL, but what what is your thought on uh, the transfer portal? What you've seen from the transfer portal, and and how this thing may work as we move into into the next couple of seasons. I mean, I don't really know what can be done about it at this point. Uh, you you can't really close it because. You know, you're going to open yourself up to court cases and, and waves and waves and negative publicity. I've seen support for closing it during the season, um, but that that's just kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul. I, I, I'm certainly sympathetic to coaches. You know, cons, you know the the 24/7 uh, recruiting of your own roster to try and keep those guys off the portal. Uh, I'm, I'm sympathetic to that, but I really don't know what can be done because they, they can't go back to the way the rules used to be. Um, I think you, they just have to hope that uh, the the message that, you know, I think the numbers is like 25% of guys 
that enter the portal get a scholarship at a program on an equal or better level than they were before. Uh, so I think they just have to hope that uh, eventually the, that that message sinks in. But you know the the, the problem there is every four years you're you're totally changing out uh, the the entire roster of college athletics, and a lot of these guys, you know, a lot of these decisions to to join the transfer portal are, are impulsive, and it's tough to. To argue against you know, you know those emotional decisions that guys sometimes make. Are, are we seeing big numbers of kids enter the portal and not find a place at all to go play? Yeah, uh, I think it's. I, I I might be speaking out of turn here, but I think it's it's equally likely that you will enter the portal and not have a scholarship anywhere, as you will to you know enter a portal at a Power Five school and get a Power Five offer. Uh, it's just the, the numbers aren't there because, I mean, first and foremost, programs are, are hiring or uh, hiring, recruiting high school athletes. And there's just not, there's just, there, there's the demand way outstrips the supply for power five or like the like scholarships once you're already in an FBS institution. Will we see a slowdown of the transfer portal once we get through the super seniors? Um, you know, I think that will certainly help. Uh, I, I've, my, my sympathies are out there to every, uh, player personnel director within, within college athletics. I think, I think that will certainly help. Um, but I, uh, again, I, I, I don't really know if there's a permanent long-term fix to, to totally slow down the roster to where it, it, it quote makes sense. Zach, I want to go back to Luke Fickle in Cincinnati real quick. So for me, one of the biggest things is with Cincinnati coming into the Big 12 is opening up recruiting for Texas. They're already going to be recruiting, but say you're on Luke Fickle's staff and he says, Zach, go out and recruit right now, Texas. Are you headed to Houston? Are you headed to Dallas? What's your first stop in the state? Um, that's a, I, I'd probably go Houston uh, as a Metroplex native. It pains me to say that, but uh, I, I, I Houston seems to be more of a, t- a uh, target-rich environment, uh, Houston, and then and then up into East Texas, and then and then make your way into DFW. But if you have to, if you put the sports gun to my head, I'd I'd pick Houston over Dallas. Hey Zach, uh, great article on the on the Art Browse thing. What else are you working for, working on for uh, FootballScoop.com right now? Oh man, I mean the the news is is uh, still hot and heavy, so we're we're constantly posting scoops and new hirings. And then um, uh, before too long, I'll be uh, working on a series of the highest paid coaches at each position across across the FBS football. Zach, as always, it is a pleasure. Thanks so much for your time this morning. Sounds good. Thank you. Have a great day. That is uh, Zach Barnett from uh, footballscoop.com.